Come on, that's amazing. It is a full house in there and uh, really cool, man. We, we, if you didn't know, we, our growth track has shifted to during our 10 a.m. service. So if you've never done it, you wanna do it, uh, it's happening right now. And don't get up and leave right now because I'm about to talk and that would make me feel real bad. Uh, but next week you can get in and, and join in. It's so good to have you and so good to have visitors and guests. We love guests and visitors just hanging out with us. We pray you have an amazing morning. Bex and I uh, have recently just come back off holiday and uh, we had enjoyed a few weeks off and got a, we went up north, we got a little spot that we go to uh, up north every year. We used to live there when we pastored our church in Whangarei and so it's kind of like going back to our second home and enjoying the space there. And uh, when we went up this year, I, um, I borrowed my dad's boat and praise God for friends and family that have boats. Like, it's, well, it's better than having your own boat, being able to use someone else's boat. That's like, even better, you have to maintain it, you have to pay for it, you just get to use it. This is amazing. And uh, my dad has a boat, he's always had a boat, and so we, we borrowed the boat, and we took it up north with us, and uh, I, I love, I'll tell you, I love fishing, man. I love fishing, I love getting, any fishermen in the house with me today? There's a few fisherwomen, uh, yep, that's good. We, we, I love getting out in the water, even if I don't catch fish, man. I love just being out in the open expanse of the ocean and the great blue and, and the, the salt air and the seagulls. And I just love getting in the sun and looking at the scenery. It's just absolutely wonderful. And uh, so uh, we go out and uh, we got the boat and we brought it up to the, the place we were staying and I kind of parked in this little corner. And, and then I was waiting for the day where I got to use the boat and take it out fishing. I was waiting for the day there wasn't too much wind and the tide was right and the sun was out and this morning came and it was amazing. And I was like, oh man, this is my day. This is my day and I'm gonna get the boat out, it's gonna be incredible. And I kind of, I kind of pushed it into this little corner uh, of the, the place we were staying, so I couldn't just back the car up and hook it on. I had to manually kind of pull it out the way. And so uh, it gets this morning, it's amazing, and I go to get the boat ready and go to get it out, and I'm t I could not get it to move. I'm trying to pull the boat from where it is to get it to the, where the car needs to be and this thing will not move. I'm pulling it, I'm tugging it, I'm pushing it, I'm doing everything and I'm pretty strong. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing at that. Skinny white guys are strong. I'm pulling this boat as best I can and it will not budge and my mind is going to this, this beautiful day I'm supposed to be having, this wonderful future. I'm supposed to be embarking on this beautiful blue ocean and 30 kilo snapper and kingfish and birds circling and baitfish running and kahawai snailing after the baitfish and kingfish underneath and I'm just, I'm seeing it all. I'm seeing this beautiful fish I'm eating later on that night and this future that I'm getting into. But I can't get the stinking boat to move. So I get it onto the, 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 the back of my car and it's not until I realise that when I put it there, I put two blocks of wood <laughs> under the wheels so it wouldn't roll away. See, in order to go forward into the future and the expanse of what I wanted to go to, first I had to clear the stuff that was in the way. Friends, the title of my message this morning is Clear Your Land. And I really believe I have this kind of nervous faith expectancy inside of me this year that God has got a wide open expansive year ahead of you and ahead of us as a church. God wants to pour out and break out and move in incredible ways this year. But my question for you is this, is there stuff 
that is occupying the land of your life that is restricting you from going forward into all that God has for you. It's time to clear your land. I wanna turn with us to uh, Judges, the book of Judges in chapter one. It's in your notes, it'll be on the screen, I think, and I'll, I'll read through it as well. Judges chapter one, just some context to this. Judges, the book of Judges comes off the book of Joshua. And uh, Joshua, uh, the book of Joshua is all about the people of Israel entering into the promised land that God has them. God has got this future, this promise for them, this land. It's like, this is gonna be good for you to dwell here. I've got a great future for you here. It's my blessing, my promise there. And uh, Joshua is then going into the land and then at the end of Joshua, it's the allotment of the land to the different tribes. So they're like, hey, you, the, you tribe, you get this bit of land and you tribe here, Benjamin, you guys get this bit of land over here and you guys, you guys get this bit of land over here. Okay, so that's the end of Joshua. There's, there's like a divvying up of the land. Now you move into Judges and Judges is about taking possession of the land that they've allotted to each tribe. So just because you've said that's your land doesn't mean it's your land yet. You've got to take possession of it. And so there's a command of God that they go into those portions of land and clear out the inhabitants that are already there. So in order to fully possess what God has got for them, the future He has for them, they've got to deal with the stuff that's already in the land so that they can fully experience what God has got for them. So the first tribe that they get in there is, is the tribe of Judah and they kind of do it right. But then it goes a little bit pear-shaped, and we'll pick that up. Judges 1, around verse 27. Uh, the next number of tribes, they don't clear the land and it becomes kind of problematic for them. So we'll just skim through this. Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants, but they put the Canaanites to forced labor. Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites. Zebulun did not drive out the Canaanites, but then put them to forced labor. Asher did not drive out the inhabitants of Echo. Uh, Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants, but they put them to forced labor. And the Amorites pressed the people of Dan. So the people of Dan, the tribe of Dan were trying to take possession of their land, but the Amorites pressed the people of Dan back into the hill country, for they did not allow them to come down in, into the plain. So that there's this promised piece of land, this promised future for them, but because they didn't drive out what was there and restricting them from what God had for them, it ends up that the people of Dan, they got to live up there where they could have had all of, of this. So what I've realized is that you and I are kind of no different to the people and judges. When God tells us like, I've got a future for you, I've got a hope for you, I've got a life for you to live, but there's some stuff I want you to deal with, I want you to like get beyond this because it's restricting you from going into what I have for you. We do the same thing that these guys do. Like the first thing they do is they just ignore. It's like, I'm just like, God, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not gonna do that. Like I hear what you're saying, go and like clear this land and move these people on so we can take full possession of it, but, but I'm just gonna ignore what you're saying. I know that your, parent, your kids are perfect, but mine kind of aren't. And my kids spend most of their life ignoring me. I used to be cool, Dad. I'm not cool anymore, man. They just, my, my, I'm embarrassing to my kids. But I'm like, hey, boys, clean the room. Ignore. Hey, boys, time for dinner. Ignore. It's like I don't even exist. It's like they hear me, but they don't want to do what I'm telling them to do. It's like, when God says to do something, like you need to deal with this stuff, like God, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds really hard. Sounds like I'm gonna have to do some stuff. So I'm just gonna pretend you never said it. I'm just gonna ignore what you're saying. I'm just gonna get on with my, friends, don't ignore what God is asking you to remove. Don't ignore what God is asking you to remove. 
The, the next thing they do is they, um, they accommodate. We do the same. Like these tribes, we just accommodate the things that God has called us to remove. So rather than dealing with it, they just let them stay. They give them some space to occupy. Bex and I have um, moved house a whole bunch of times. We've probably moved house about 11 times in our, in our marriage. And what's funny is when you move house a lot, there's boxes that you pack on the first move that you don't even open. You just move them every time you move. It's the same box with the same tape and the same writing. You know what I'm talking about here. Like you just, oh, oh there's that box. Put it back in the truck, move it to the next house because we really need it. You know, like you just move it along. Like we had boxes that we, we packed on the first move that by the 10th move, we're still chucking in the moving truck. We have no idea what's in the box. And you have these conversations like, we really need to look in that box and figure out what it is and sort it out and get rid of it and, and, and deal with it. But we don't do that. Instead, we accommodate it by putting it in the wardrobe. We give it space. Or we put it in the garage or in the rafters or in the roof so we don't see it anymore. But regardless, no matter where you move, you put it in that moving truck. And you move it down with you. So rather than sorting it out and dealing with it, you accommodate it, you give it some space. The last time we moved from Whangarei to Auckland, we had a box that we had that we moved from Auckland to Whangarei. Four years later, I was like, there's that box again. We haven't even opened it. I said, babe, but we're, we're not taking it back. Throw it in the skip. Don't even open it. If we haven't opened it in the last four years, we don't need it. Just get rid of it. It felt so liberating. <laughs> but we accommodate it. Friends, don't accommodate what God is asking you to remove. It's like if there's an issue or a problem and, um, and, and if we've got this like kind of issue or problem that we have and it's a thing and God's told us to deal with it but we haven't and so we accommodate it by, by, by walking around the issue. Like we're not allowed to talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk to me about that. Don't talk to so-and-so about that because that's a, you don't, listen, just walk. So we, we accommodate it by not talking about it. We give it some space. We just walk around it. And then, no, no, we're gonna kind of tiptoe around it because you're scared of waking the thing up. If you wake it up, it's all gonna go bad. So you can be kind of tiptoe around this issue that we really should have dealt with, but instead we accommodate and give it some space and we tiptoe around it. And then if we hear they're in church, they're preaching on that particular topic, we just think, ah, oh, I'm not called of God to go to church this Sunday. I'm gonna give that a miss. I feel like I need to rest. You know, like we, we, we avoid it. So we don't, we don't talk about it. We don't let other people talk about it. But it's, you're accommodating something that God has asked you to remove. And it's restricting you from fully walking into what God has got for you. Friends, don't accommodate what God has asked you to remove. Then, then we do this other thing, like these tribes. Uh, we justify. We justify why we haven't gotten rid of it. Why we haven't dealt with it. So these tribes, it says that a lot of them, rather than dealing with the people and, and, and moving them out and taking full possession of the future God had for them, they justified why they kept them there in the first place. It says that they put them to forced labor. So rather than deal with it, like, hey, no, I know God, you said deal with it, but these guys have a real, they're serving a purpose now. There's work that we don't wanna do that we're making them do, and so it helps us. And so it's almost like it helps us to cope and make our lives better. So I'm just gonna, yeah, I know you said deal with it, but I'm gonna like keep them here and justify it by making them do work for me. And so we do the same thing. It's like God says deal with something, and we're like, yeah, but you know what? It helps me cope. Like that weekly gossip session that I have with the girls, it's really good because I get to download all my stuff and, you know, and, you know they don't, it's not gossip because we just, you know, we talk to each other and it's, you know, it helps me, you know, like it's, we justify the stuff we should have dealt with along the way. Or, or, or we justify it with like, oh, you know, it's, I know I'm supposed to deal with this, but it's not that bad. 
it's not as bad as somebody else I know, or, or, or at least I'm just looking at pictures and not having a real affair. And we justify the stuff that God's told us to deal with by, by, by making, or, or, or it's just my personality. It's just my personality. That's why I'm a jerk. <laughs> it's like, this is me, like it or leave it. It's just the way I am, just who I am. This is my personality. Listen, being a jerk is not a personality trait. It's a problem. It's probably better that you deal with it along the way. So we can justify the stuff that God has said deal with because we say, oh, it serves a purpose. It's, it's kind of like it's part of the way. And friends, don't, don't accommodate and don't justify what God has called you to remove. Is there stuff occupying the land of your life that is restricting you from going forward into all that God has for you this year. My prayer is don't take into 2019 what God asked you to deal with in 2018. There's a better future for you. I don't know what it is for you in your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's fear, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's uh, some, some kind of like negative mindset or victim mindset. Maybe it's sin, maybe it's some kind of addiction or bad habit that you have. Maybe it's a victim mindset or something like that. I don't know, maybe it's anger or pride. I don't know what it is that is in your life that God is telling you to move on from or deal with that's restricting you. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. You know what it is, because we all have something, myself included. We've all got something that, man, we just need to deal with that and remove it so we can go forward freely into what God has for us. And I don't know what it is, but you do. And as I'm talking about this, I know the Holy Spirit's probably highlighting to you some stuff. And, and my guess is also this, that at some point along the way, God has also spoken to you about dealing with it and, and, and removing it and figuring that out. So the question is, how do we do that? Like, how do we get beyond that stuff so we can walk forward and take possession of this life that God has for us that's wide and open and expansive and free? And um, so to answer that question, what I wanna do is look at some of the tribes who got it right. So these tribes didn't get it right, but let's look at some of the ones that did. And in Joshua chapter one, we see there's a few things they did. So friends, to clear your land, number one, use help. Use help. In Judges one, when the first tribe is instructed to go and deal with the stuff in their land, the first tribe is the tribe of Judah. And the first thing that Judah does is Judah goes to his brother Simeon. He goes, hey, Simeon, I need you to help me fight. And then I will help you fight. He's like, there's, there's, you gotta take possession of this land, Judah. So Judah's first response is, Simeon, help me fight this. And then I'll help you fight your battles too. So he's like, I can't do this by myself. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than our tribe. This is beyond us. We haven't even gone there yet. We haven't seen what we're taking on. But the first thing I know that I need to do is go and get some help. Do you know how difficult it is for a man to ask for help? Some of your wives are sitting there going, mm-hmm, he preaching tonight. Just a few, few little elbows going on today. It is very difficult for a man to ask for help. Sometimes in our house, stuff gets broken or stuff needs fixing or stuff won't work. And my wife, bless her, will be like, hey, let's just get a guy in to fix it. Even worse, I'll just call my dad. He'll come, I'm like, Oh no, you will not. 
you will not get another man to come into my house to fix my stuff. I am a man. I can fix my own pipes. I can work the, I can. Don't, don't highlight my inadequacies by getting another guy in. It's crazy. It's so hard to ask for help, right? But here's what I wanna say, friends. There's some stuff in your life that you've been trying to remove and deal with to go forward into what God's got for you. And if you could have done it on your own, you would have done it already. I'll let this sink in. Some stuff that if you could have dealt with it on your own, you would have already. And so sometimes in order to deal with the stuff that's restricting us from going forward into what God has for us, we need to use help. We need to grab somebody else and say, you know what, I'm fighting a battle. There's some stuff I've got to deal with. I need you to walk a journey with me. I need you to help me fight this. I need you to get behind me and support me and love me and, 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 and get around me and encourage me as I go on this journey. In fact, I probably need you to help kick some stuff out as well in my own life. And man, if you've got stuff, I'll help you too. You know, We talk so much about small groups in this church and there's a very good reason. It's because God has designed us to live this thing called life in community. And, and if Sunday church is the full like, expression that you have of your Christian faith, I'm gonna tell you, you're missing out because God has so much more for you. And a small group co community is where you get to walk a journey with some people and do life with some people and be okay with not being okay and to sort of share some of the stuff with some people that you can trust that will walk a journey with you, that will love you, that will support you, that will encourage you, that will hold your hand, that will fight with you and fight for you and will get alongside you so that the things that are restricting you no longer restrict you. That's why, you know, men's ministry, they're doing all these shout outs in crunchy time. Good on them, man, because men's ministry is incredible. Tomorrow night, 7 p.m., get on down. Get around some guys that'll fight with you. Get into a small group that'll help you. Get in the Alpha course and different uh, groups that we have meeting. In the foyer right now, we're talking about it a lot. I talked about it last week and I'll talk about it again today and I'll talk about it again next week because we're signing up small groups this week and next week. There's a brand new run of small groups starting. There's all kinds of new groups. There's different people leading groups. And I commend every small group leader who's just new to the game saying, man, I'm gonna have a go this term and lead a small group. I commend you because you're gonna walk a journey with some people to help them take steps that are gonna get them beyond their yesterday and get them into what God has got for them in their future. And if you're not in a small group, go see the table in the foyer. Go put your name down and say, I'm interested or, or go see what's on offer down there because I'm telling you, friends, some things you're just gonna need some help. And we're here to do that. That's what we're here to do. Let 2019 be the year where you clear your land. The second thing that they do is, that, is this. Number one, they use help. Then number two, they use the sword. They use the sword. It says there in Judges 1.8 that they go in and they, and they put them to the sword. They use the sword. And uh, what's interesting, we don't fight the fight of flesh and blood. The Bible says that we fight uh, not a fight of flesh and blood, but a, a, a fight against principalities and powers in the unseen realm. See, there is a fight that we have to fight. And, and then the Bible says that the only offensive weapon that we have as Christians, as people of faith, is, is this thing called the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And, and, and so this is what I wanna say, church, is that the, the thing that will help you more than anything in your life to get beyond the stuff that's restricting you is the thing that you hold in your hand called the Bible, the Word of God. There is truth in here that will set you free from all manner of kinds of things. When Jesus was tested and tempted, 
tempted by the devil, what did he do? He used the Word. He used the sword of the Spirit. Always countering with the Word. I really believe that some things that you need to get beyond, some of the stuff that's restricting you, especially around the area of mindsets, and attitudes and heart issues. They are things that you will only get beyond when you allow this Word, the truth of this Word, to get in on the inside of you and begin to transform the way you think and see and believe and live and act. Romans 12 tells us that we are not to conform to the ways and patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, friends. Come on, somebody. The renewing of your mind, transform. And, and this is what happens when you allow the Word of God to get in on the inside of you. It starts to shape to so the truth of this. Like we hear people say, hey, live your truth. I don't wanna live my truth. I wanna live the truth. I wanna get the truth on the inside of me. So that, that starts to transform my mind and my heart and the way I see and the way I think and the way I act and the way I speak. And so then this becomes on the inside of me. So the Word is no longer just inspirational and out there. It's now transformational and it's on the inside of me. And if you're gonna get beyond some of your stuff, you're gonna to have to get this on the inside. For too many people, the Word is inspirational, but it's not transformational. See, when the Word is around you, it's inspirational. Come to church, oh, it's so inspiring. But when you get the Word on the inside of you, then you go, I'm a different person. I think different, I see different, I act different, I talk different, something different. And so the things that were once a restriction and the way I thought about myself and it no longer, no longer exists because that has been replaced by the truth. And I begin to live in that way. There's a question I've been asking myself a lot most days. It's this, am I conforming when I should be transforming? A am I conforming to patterns and behaviors of this world that are restricting me from what God has for me? Or am I transforming into the new creation God wants me to be? Am I conforming or am I transforming? Let 2019 be the year you clear your land. Can I encourage you, make it a priority this year to you have this in your life every single day. Make it a daily commitment to just get up first thing in the morning and let the first thing that enters your heart and your mind be the Word of God. You can listen to it on audio Bible, you can do it on an app, you can open it old school, whatever you wanna do, man, but allow it to be the first thing that shapes your mind and the way you see. Scientists believe that the very first thing you open your mind to in the morning will shape the framework of the rest of your day. So allow this to be the thing that sets the framework for which you see and live every single day. Make it a priority, clear your land. Lastly, maybe the bank can join me. Lastly, there's, they use fire. If you wanna clear your land, use fire. They go in and they burn away the stuff that needs to go. John the Baptist, when talking about Jesus, John said, I baptize with water, but there's one coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And let me tell you, friends, this life we live is a battle between flesh and spirit. And I've learned the more I feed the things of the spirit, the more I walk in the things of the spirit. And I'm telling you, friends, we are, we're a Pentecostal church. We are, we are a spirit-filled church. We believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, there is a power available to you, friends. There's a power that in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said uh, that, that there were, 
there will come the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the very ends of the earth. There is a power available to you, friends, to, that will cause you to live a victorious life. The Spirit-filled life is a victorious life. You have the power of the Most High God indwelling you and infilling you and spilling over from the very insides of you. And when the fire of God gets lit inside of you, things that are not of Him can simply get burned away. And fire has this amazing ability to consume the stuff that's not meant to be there. And the power of God, this Holy Spirit is here to enable you to live a powerful life, a life beyond what your current circumstance, a life beyond your current restrictions. There is power for you to live as an overcomer, to live a victorious life. Some of you right now, you're, you're a Christian, you're following God, but you're defeated. God wants you to live victorious. Let me tell you, there is a power available to you through the Holy Spirit that He can come upon your life and cause you to, to burn with fire on the very inside of you. And when I feed the Spirit, I, when, I, when I, like Paul said to Timothy, fan into flames the gift of God that's on you. When I, when, I, when I let the Spirit of God burn bright inside of me, then the stuff that's restricting me just simply gets burned off and burned away. And the desire and the stronghold that it once had no longer is there because my desire becomes for the things of God and the things of the Spirit. Can I, can I encourage you, if you are a, we are a spirit-filled church, we're a Pentecostal church. And if you are here and you're, you're a Christian, you're a spirit-filled Christian, you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And can I encourage you to every single day pray in the Spirit, build up that spirit life, pray in tongues, do it every day. If you're a Christian, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, you've, you've taken the first step, but there's another step you can take where you can receive power to live a life beyond what you currently live, to live victorious, to get beyond your stuff, to live a life that empowers you to go and be a witness and live the life God's calling you to live. It's available to you, it's a free gift. It's available to you. At the end of our service, we're gonna have a prayer team down the front. And if you wanna, if you've never experienced, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, they would love to pray for you very simply that you'd receive that. You could go home today in the quietness of your own lounge space. You could ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit and He will give it to you. Be filled with the Spirit, it's amazing. If you're not a Christian today, then I wanna tell you that there is a God who loves you, who's got an incredible plan for your life, and He'd love to lead you in that and experience the fullness of what that is. It's time to clear your land. Don't let, don't let the stuff of 2018 be a restriction in your 2019. Clear your land. Don't tolerate what God has called you to remove. And uh, if you clear your land, if you take, if you take this seriously and kind of go, man, I'm just going to deal with my stuff and get beyond that, I really believe you're going to walk into a, a, a like this expansive, amazing, free, abundant future God has for you—a land of blessing, a land of fruitfulness, of abundance. God is in this, and God loves you. What I'd love to do is I'd love to pray, and um, I want to pray for you here today. You know, as I've been speaking, I know that God has been showing you stuff that maybe you need to deal with that you haven't. And you're like, man, I gotta do that. I gotta get, get right and deal with that stuff. And what I wanna do is, is I wanna invite everyone in the room just to take a moment to, just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And, and what I wanna do is I wanna ask every person to do this, um, even the guys on stage, everybody, because I just want you to have a moment um, before God 
And like I said, as I've been preaching, there's probably some stuff that has been highlighted in your own heart. And I would love to pray for you today. If you're like, Steve, yeah, man, I need to get beyond some stuff. There's some stuff in my life that I need to deal with. It's restricting me from going forward into what God has for me. I'd love to pray for you. And uh, all I want you to do is right where you are, just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Like, don't be embarrassed. No, like I said, nobody's looking at all. Just put your hand up. Just so I know who I'm praying for. I'd love to pray for you saying, Steve, yeah, man, count me in in this prayer. I need some help to get beyond some stuff that's restricting me and hurting me and stopping me from experiencing what God's got for me. Amazing. You guys can put your hands down. Lord, I thank you for those who've said, yes, here I am. I need some help. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that your power would rest upon them. Lord, to get beyond this stuff, to move beyond the restrictions, to clear the land. Lord, to walk forward into all that you have for them. Give them courage, give them boldness, empower them and fill them, Holy Spirit, that they may live and lead a victorious life. I bless them and I thank you for the chains being broken off them right now in the name of Jesus. Every chain, every restriction, every bondage, everything that is holding them back and weighing them down, we break off now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we declare the full, free and abundant life that comes from the Father upon each of them now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just while your eyes still closed and head bowed, I'd love to extend uh, one more invitation to you today. If you're here in the room and maybe you, you don't know God or maybe your life is not right with Him today. Maybe you knew Him once, but today you'd be honest and say, man, I'm not right with God. I need, to, I need to recommit my life to Him. Or maybe you've never made that decision before. And today you're thinking, man, I wanna know this God. I wanna know Him. The truth is, friends, that God loves you. God made you. God has an amazing plan for your life. He wants to bless you. We all sin, we all mess up. And our sin, it separates us from God. But God in His amazing grace, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to a cross. When He died on that cross, He took upon Himself what you and I would do for our sin. And He extends to every one of us today, not, not condemnation or judgment, but His free gift of grace. Forgiveness for your past. Your guilt, your shame, forgiven. A new life that begins right now. The Bible calls that being born again. You get a brand new life. You get a hope for your future. God's got a great plan for you. And you get this amazing promise of eternity in heaven with Him. And I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer. If you don't know Him or you wanna come back to Him today, I wanna encourage you just to pray this prayer with me right now. I'm gonna pray it out loud. You just pray it in your heart. Just say these words. Say, God, today I surrender my life to You. I know I've messed up, but I believe Jesus, You died for me. Right now, I receive your grace. I turn from my old way and I turn to you. I ask that you would come in and make me brand new today. I choose from this moment to live for you in Jesus' name. Just with your eyes still closed and head bowed, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to do something really brave for me. Um, I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not bringing you forward, nothing like that. But what I want you to do is take one little step of faith. And when I count to three, I want you to put your hand up nice and high, just saying, Steve, that's me. I prayed that prayer. I meant it. I want to know Him. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. You ready? Be bold, be brave. One, two, three. Hands up nice and high, saying, Steve, yes, yes, I see you. I see you. Anyone else saying, Steve, yes, my man, I see you there too. That's awesome. Anyone else saying, Steve, count me in. I prayed that prayer. I want to know Him. 
Yes, I see you, my man. Yes, I see you too right there. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You can put your hands down now. God, we thank you so much for those who've said yes to you. We bless them now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray your abundance, your love, your grace, and the fullness of the life that you have for us be upon them now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for those who said yes to Jesus today. Amazing.